0: Hello, this is Lisa LaRose here on Connect to Love on PRNFM, and I am joined by the incredible Michael J. Russ. Welcome, Michael. I am so excited to be able to talk to you today. I I just want to say welcome and uh, see. uh, It's it's so interesting because we have been chatting, and yesterday I wanted to share with you, I met your brother from another mother. (laughs) I'll tell you. I walked into this restaurant and this man had the most dynamic smile and uh I could feel his energy and I thought, oh my gosh, this is what it would be like to meet Michael J. Russ in person because this <laughs> is, it was just, it was interesting because we ended up, chatting. He was kind of laughing because he had all of these things that he ordered on his in his table. It's a real small, intimate restaurant. And so you, you, know, you can't help but see what somebody else is eating. And we started chatting. And afterwards, I said, you know what? I said, what is it that you do? And he actually does sound healing and, and therapy. He had worked in as a teacher for a long time. But what drew me to him was his smile and his smile is infectious and your smile is infectious and i think that it is part of our extraordinary capacity to connect to other human beings that is our gift of our smile yeah, and true. uh it's it's just miraculous and you know you and i have been uh really speaking a lot lately about uh manifesting but i wanted to kind of just back up because for some listeners maybe that are newer to our show, uh, we, we really play in this thing called the field. In the world of quantum physics, uh, we are all made up of atoms and particles, and every particle can become a wave, and every wave becomes a particle. And when we think something, it goes out into that quantum field. And this week, I actually had uh, a class with Carol Collins, and she talked about how we have this sort of boomerang, that we have this part of us that goes out, and it's really... um, It's an an energetic charge, and all human beings have it, and it goes out into the energy field, and it's connected to every other thing in the world. And in this pulsating energy field, that boomerang goes out, and it attracts different things, and it comes back. But one of the interesting distinctions that she made was that when we send that boomerang out, somebody else can catch it somebody else can add their intentions, add their um feelings. They may change something, um, how it applies in their life, but it catches it. And I, I just found that to be so amazing and so profound. And Lynn McTaggart, who many years ago, uh she was a before she became a writer on consciousness, really was a skeptic she was very skeptical about this thing called the field and so she set out to sort of disprove it and in her uh quest to disprove it she actually became one of the leading researchers and uh writers about the the exact subject of the field so lynn mctaggart began her career as a journalist in the 1970s as an investigative reporter And when she decided she wanted to write a book called The Field, she persuaded her publisher um, (laughs) to sort of take a voyage, as she called it, a voyage without a compass, to see if there was truly such things as an energy field. And so, as a journalist, she to read various scientific papers. She contacted scientists from around the world. She interviewed them really rigorously and started in that interview process to really question what it was that in her belief structure what what was true. She said that um, at night, She would ignore her children and she'd sit down with her husband, who was a philosophy graduate, and really ask questions about time, space, about what the universe was. And what was really interesting as she was on this journey, she started to recognize that she was developing a new voice. She was transforming the person that she was, that this new subject had found her, that it was actually becoming something that would ultimately become her life's work. She said it was sort of like alchemy, you know, there was a process, this new person emerged from her, and it was because of this field. And I think that for each of us, we have that ability to transform whatever it is and we and I think in her in her writing she sort of echoed the fact that as we embody and embrace what we call the field, that there are amazing changes that can occur. And she found that it was going to challenge everything that she believed in, all of her assertions about herself and the world. And I think that that's sort of what's going on right now, Michael, because I think a lot of us are really wrestling with what's true. The world in front of us is seemingly disintegrating. There's a lot of things that are challenging us. And it really has a lot to do with how we're going to process that and really absorb what it is that we want to have unfold in our lives. So one of the things that she one of the books later on that she wrote is actually entitled The Power of Eight, because what she found was that one person could send their thoughts out into the field and miraculous things could happen. But when you gathered people together in a group, in an intention they would send all of their thoughts out and things would change. There were, um, she, and she just recently did something, uh, it was a mass meditation uh, regarding what's going on in the Middle East. And I missed it, unfortunately, but um, the idea is that you just gather your thoughts together and you ground yourself and center and drop into the heart field. And then just focus on sending love, sending love, sending love. And in the different experiments that they've done with this, where they have a single target, it's a very powerful collective idea of thought, that it does lower violence. It does make a difference in the conditions around the world. And so we always say, like, what can we do? What can I do? What can I do? Well, it's the quantity and the quality of those thoughts um, that really make a difference. And I'd love to hear what your thoughts are about that, Michael, because you are very good at sending out very positive thoughts into the field, and uh, I feel them. I found I found your brother <laughs> yesterday.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> vibrational met anyway. My real brother and I'm going. Wait a minute, hold on a second, or my other good friend uh, down in Atlanta. Um, it's it's. It's mind-blowing. Um, we'll have to... I have to dig a little deeper into this. Into this, uh, You know, when we have Carol on the show um, next week or the week out, the next uh, show uh, or two, we'll have to ask her about... Uh, to kind of ask the, the teachers to elaborate uh, on this uh, boomerang effect uh, so we can get it firsthand uh, and deliver it to our listeners firsthand. However, just okay. as a... As, a um, as I'm sitting here listening to what you're saying, it... I'm thinking about uh, a friend of mine who was part of a, um, oh my gosh, um, the, the, the meditation group of monks, the monks that are here in the United States uh, operating out of, they were, I believe, in Ohio at one particular point in time, or it could have been Kansas, but I think it was but Ohio.
0: There's the Drepung monks, uh, Tibetan monks that are in Atlanta, at um, uh, associated with Emory University, uh, that was the know one. That.
1: but but i 'm okay. sure the group was the same, but it was a, it's a, it was a group, and I had a conversation with him because he was the son of a client of mine, and he he was he was uh, originally in California, and then he, they they had moved to the midwest, and he said they they spent a lot of their their days um, collectively meditating, focusing energies thought energy to uh, good thought energy to various parts of the world. Uh, and he talked about a um, an experiment that they did that uh, was directed at various cities, and I think I read something like that as well. To reduce, it was a, it was an experiment to see if violence could be reduced by uh, this process of of getting together collectively, a group of of people meditating, sending positive, loving, joyful, um, and, and happy energy uh, to a specific place. And they had the uh, they had. Uh, an address and a picture of where this was, section of town, whatever, uh, and they envisioned it in their mind, and they and they just blanketed it with thoughts of, of love and joy, and happiness, and there was a noticeable reduction in in criminal behavior, aggressive, uh, negative behavior, and this is what this is. That's what I thought of when you said you know send out your thoughts so that other people can. Um, can sense them, of course, uh, and, you know, sending uh, directing a cohesive thought at the Middle East, love. And I, you know, I've told people all the time, I said, you know, there are, there's always, uh, I stand by this, there's always a positive response to absolutely everything that goes on in your life. There's, a, there's always, there's, you might default to a negative response initially because that's out of habit, or uh, a social norm uh, and um, because you know you're not supposed to well, I'm not talking about laughing in the face of a 9-11 I'm talking about what would you do at 9-11 the positive response simply is to sit down and blanket the entire area and its people with with a white light of love uh, a loving energy uh, the, that's that's what you can do I mean you can't stop the event from occurring you, can't get on, you can get on a plane and go to the area, but that's not really feasible. Um, you're not a, a first responder coming from some other area. That's not your job. It's not your mission in life. So what can you do if you're across the country or across the world and you hear about something like what's going on in the Middle East right now or what's going on in, in uh, Ukraine? You can simply sit down, take time to focus your thoughts, loving thoughts, um, caring thoughts, empathetic and compassionate thoughts on that area. You can actually go look at a, at a map of Ukraine or of Israel or of Gaza, Palestine, the Palestinian territory, whatever. You can do that. And you can literally see it in your mind's eye and see it being blanketed in your mind's eye by your own loving energy. And that is a positive response. That is doing something. Of course, you can also send money to organizations, NGOs that help. That's another thing you could do, write a check, whatever, put it on a credit card, whatever you want to do. That's also a positive response. The negative response is to uh, allow that event to to relinquish relinquish your, your light of happiness and love and joy and fun for life. And what you yourself expose yourself, what you expose yourself to every day, um, it, it, it's interesting because I, I, was thinking about this um, on a drive I, I had, t- had took yesterday about um, we are supposed to see, we're supposed to find joy in what we put our attention on, what we're exposed to, what we witness and uh it kind of goes like this so you, you you're you're on a you're walking down the street, you see a bench, you see a bus, you see a person you see um a tree uh, and what would you do normally you'd probably if you were outside of your own thoughts uh judgment usually comes to mind you know why is that bus so loud why is that why is that why isn't that bus? You know, natural gas, I don't have to smell this nasty exhaust. Why is that person dressed like that? Why this and why that, right? All these judgments that usually occur. The flip of that is to say, is to appreciate the bus, to appreciate the bench, appreciate the tree, and give salutations to the person who walks by. Hello, how are you? You know? see joy find find the joy in what is within your experience versus the opposite and this kind of dovetails back to our own grit what do we mm-hmm. keep putting on our, our 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 subconscious grit we have to be more mindful of what we're putting on what we're thought what we're thinking about what in this case what are you what are you sending out what boomerang are you throwing out it's going to come back to you What's right. that thought? What's that thought that you're putting out? And I prefer to see, and, and it's really strange, but I it came to me um, in the last few months that I have spent a lot of I spent a lot of my time when I'm out walking around observing and finding the the joy and the, the beauty and the joy and whatever is out there. When I see a tree, I look up and you know sometimes I just count the branches. You know, you count the branches on the tree and you see how long they are. What what, what is that up there? Is that what, what size are the pine cones falling off that pine tree? You know, um, it's it's really interesting. And I snap back and go. I'm well, going to call
0: you the the man of wonder. I'm going to be the woman of wonder. It's <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> you, but but you <laughs> know, awesome. it's like you 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 sit around and we we think about all these things. How much of what our how much of our thought process actually is, involves judgment, which is really a negative, right? Are mm-hmm. we judging things in one way or another? I mean, that's, when you're finding joy in something, you're not necessarily judging it as, as, as good or bad. Oh, that's pretty. That's not so pretty. It's just simply finding the joy in being where you are. You know, that if there are no accidents and no coincidences, there's a reason why that bus came by when it did. It gave you the opportunity to just... Let it be, and just let right. it be part of your experience. That is it, the person walking by, just to be part of your experience, the bench, to be there. You know I, I find that when we can kind of twist judgment around and just just see something, see, be where you are and and know that everything around you isn't there by accident, that it gives you an opportunity, to just experience it as as it is, to find joy in it, joy in being there and being surrounded by those things, whether they be they people or uh, inanimate objects or whatever um, it, it is it makes life fun you know we' do a little show about that, but it makes it makes life more fun, and also you 're not stressing yourself out because you 're not putting yourself in a position where you need to make a a judgment about something, right? Right, which right. is which takes energy, thought energy that that you're dedicating to something that doesn't really make any sense, that has no relevance to you in your life. It's kind of a deep oh. subject because you can go on and on. With no, your
0: you're thoughts. you're absolutely right, Michael. Though because it's, uh, I think in being and that was actually one of my messages many years ago um, just to be like I don't it's not even like I have to do I just have to be I have to be in this world I have to just be and it's I think there in lies the wisdom it's about loving and trusting the decisions you've made not second guessing yourself and just understanding that everything unfolds perfectly and how how things just unfold I had an unexpected guest this week and it was a delight you know she came in to see another friend up in the mountains and then there was going to be a snowstorm and she was a little bit uh she's from the south she didn't want to really get it in in the snowy mountains and you know just you know come and come and stay here you know come and stay at my Airbnb it's wonderful and it was a delight because I got to see her um and spend time with her but we were sitting there, and we were talking about another friend and and this particular healing session. And I, and I and she said, "Wow, that sounds really wonderful." And I said, "Well, hold on a minute." And I picked up the phone, and I dialed uh, this. Woman, Regina, and I just said, hey, do you happen to have any openings, uh, for tomorrow? I have a friend in from out of town and she'd really love to experience your work and she said, yeah, I have something open at one. (laughs) And it didn't really occur to me until after my friend Grace said to me, wow, that was really amazing. Like we didn't even, and you just opened that up and oh my gosh, and I'm so grateful and, and it was, fantastic. I, w- I drove her there. She had a wonderful experience. We were going to go to this one place to have uh, some lunch afterwards. And um, it's turned out that they didn't, they weren't open for for dinner quite yet. You know, there was kind of like between the times we sat down and had a cup of tea. I said, well, I'm go to this other restaurant then. And that's how I met your brother from <laughs> another, mother with, another the, mother with the beautiful smile. I mean, he just had he had your energy. I mean, just it was so interesting that um for me to have that experience and then to find out, well, here's somebody else in healing. And he was so eager to share all of the wonderful things that he did. But I think that when you allow yourself to follow your heart, to just be in that space of whatever Uh, Is going to come in and and allow, that's when harmony and magic and all of these wonderful things unfold. And I wanted just to mention, because we have talked about this uh, before, which is the HeartMath Institute, because like Lynn McTaggart, a lot of people are very skeptical about this thing they call the field and how it really works. Now, the HeartMath Institute, which is heartmath.org. So for any of our listeners here on PRNFM that might be interested, you can go and really find out about the hardcore science and some of the experiments that they do. But their vision, and I just love it, and I just wanted to read it. It's just their vision is a kinder, heart centered world where we can care for one another and live harmoniously in peace. And they do this through research, providing uh, science so that when we align and connect with the fields of our hearts and our minds and with each other, we shift what's going on. And I just, I really love that because it's all about the desire to transform and change lives. And I had the good fortune to uh, attend several, I've been to several heart math Institutes teachings, lectures, um, with, and just, just blown away by the research of what happens when you drop into the field of the heart. And part of what um, inspired them, they have these sensors all around the world, and on 9-11, they were expecting something to happen, but not all over the world. And at that moment, when those planes hit the Twin Towers, they saw this huge spike in the energy all around the world on all of these sensors, not just in the United States. And what was at that moment? It was when everybody went into that space of the heart where they just went, whether they took a deep breath in or they put their hand on their heart or it just, it was that connection. It was a very tragic connection. But if you can take that same connection and amplify it for good, and love and peace and harmony, I think therein lies the power of how we change and really see their vision come true. That it can be a heart-centered world where we all live harmoniously.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. What what struck me from um, what you we were just talking about there was, you know, living in peace. That there it was their mission, and. When when I hear about missions like that, I immediately shift to so what is preventing us from living, um, from from them, us living that way and them realizing their mission? What might be standing in the way? What are the obstacles? And um, I was uh, the other thing that's been on my mind big time in the last couple of months is how collectively a huge percentage of the population in the world. Wants to control another large percentage of the population in the world. You go anywhere. Um, what are disagreements about? People people are being more forceful about wanting other people to be, to do, to think like them, to act
0: like mm-hmm. them,
1: to be like them. And the only way we're going to get past. Everything uh, in in what's going on in the in the Middle East, what's going on in uh, in, in Ukraine, what's going on in in the, in the United States with regard to democracy or no or the lack thereof, um, you know the the republic or the lack thereof, poli- political nightmares and and, and uh, abortion rights and you can everything. What does it boil down to? It boils down to a group of people collectively wanting somebody else, other people to think and act the way they do. They want to control their thoughts, actions, and behaviors. This is a no-win situation. It is because that's not something you're capable of. And I tell people all the time, you want to define stress, you want to define negativity, anger, discord, and all that, start asking them questions about why are you doing this? Right. It's because they want them to, other people to be just like them. They want them to think like them, act like them, believe the same, same thing that they do. Well, it's not possible.
0: <laughs> it's not yeah. possible. And, and well, so, it, oh, you know. Go ahead. Please finish.
1: So I'm just really saying living in peace means living peacefully within yourself, understanding your limitations, and working within them, living within them. You cannot control somebody else's thoughts, words, feelings, and actions. So why try? You're trying because you have a belief and other people have that belief and somebody's telling you that in order for you to this belief to, that you can manifest this belief in other people if you work hard enough at it and some people go to the extreme. Point is, living in peace, you can live in peace. It's easy to live in peace. You just have to give up trying to make other people do what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. That's my right? Because right. that's that that is at the heart of most most disagreements i'm right you're not i want you to think like me i want you to believe what you know what i believe whether or not it's factual or not isn't really the point the point is you're 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 working really hard at at attempting to get me to believe what you believe and that isn't going to create peace that's going to create disharmony
0: right right well, It's interesting you bring that up because um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Robert Edward Grant. He's an entrepreneur, an author, an inventor. He's To me, he's like the modern-day Leonardo da Vinci. He does music and sculpting, and he's just really unbelievable, and he's very, very highly successful. Now, he, in September, just addressed a group um, in New York City, it was the CEO Summit Leadership on Leadership of Purpose. And he really, and it's on Instagram. I will post a link to it. Um, it was it was really amazing. It was a speech calling for systemic change because he said, and he used the word overlords. He said, do we really need these corporate overlords? and he, And he said, I was one of them. I was one of those people who would, you know, these corporations are feeding the politicians the, the everything that they need to put forth all of these changes, but it's not what the people want. and And it was it just I, I was just blown away by it. and And he, what's really interesting about Robert is he's he just explores so many different things. You know, mindfulness. He's traveled around the world, I mean, you you know, from where he has evolved in his journey. And I think that's a really powerful metaphor for each one of us. It doesn't matter where we were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever. Or last week. We all, yeah, we can all begin again. We are given these nuggets of wisdom and we go, wow, I never knew about that. Let me go find out more about that. And and that's one of the things that I know you've been doing with, and, and I've been doing with the classes with Carol. And and a lot of the different people that I'm connecting with, it's like, wow, what what was that book that you just told me about? And, okay, I didn't know about that, so what's this? And, and, and I don't know. I mean, I think there's a real thirst for knowledge, which is exciting to me.
1: I agree. I love it. And one of the things that... Came to mind when you said that was that people are, uh, it, it's just somehow human nature that you really don't want to change the way you think. Um, and which is why, when I was thinking about the, the, the statement up to now, somehow we, I get the sense that we human beings don't want to um, integrate new information because it somehow invalidates the old information, that it somehow is a, it's, it's a judgment on ourselves that we thought that or believed that thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we, so so the, the permission to leave that thought is literally to say, or, say to yourself, up to now I thought that this was the thing. However, I now know that there's something new. There's a new way to think. There's a new way for me to, to behave, to act. It doesn't invalidate the way you were. It just simply gives you permission to let it go. Up to mm-hmm. now, I thought that this was important in my life. Up to now, I, I thought I, I, my, my uh, behavior had been this way. However, I've learned something new, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to go do this thing from now on. That lets that other thing go. And then they, you just literally can now give yourself permission. That is literally that statement: giving yourself a mission to let it go and to change in a in a, in a right. different direction. There are some of us like you and I, whatever we we come across something, and I live by Rumi's. You know, the next thing I learn is gonna could change my life in an amazing way. That's the way I live. Is is that that thing I learned? That thing, an article I just read. Uh, about that archaeological site or that person I had a conversation with, I'm always on the lookout every day for that little that thing. You know, some days it mm-hmm. comes, it doesn't. However, I'm still, I'm I'm on the lookout for that information, um, and which is why this the show we do here on PRN FM is so intriguing to me, because I'm always um, being exposed to information that is different, that is unique, modalities that actually work. I'm interested in what works. When someone shows me something that uh, a modality, a healing modality, that for somebody who, who had a serious illness, the question to me is how can a healthy person adopt that that modality mm-hmm. to actually prevent what, just, what that person is going through, right? It's not that I need to change in some way. It's that I'm seeking positive change. I'm seeking to better myself, and better my habits, right? And I do the same thing when I play golf or when I, you know, go bowling or whatever. It doesn't make any difference. I'm always seeking that little thing. Sometimes it's serendipitous when I, if I turn on the golf channel and I happen to see something for a second that or two that, that is somebody teaching somebody something, it's not by accident. There's something that I, it, it it makes me think a certain way and then I go out and then I shoot an extraordinary round of golf by using that tip. And that's kind of the, I guess it's kind of, but imagine that, take that away from a sport and take it into real life and the ramifications it can have in life when you when you approach life from that perspective, from the mm-hmm. perspective of, what am I going to learn today? What am I going to be exposed to today? And as Carol and the teachers would say, what is my guide going to expose me today that's going to get me closer to that which I'm wanting? Right. Right? So right. the thing you think is serendipity isn't serendipity. It's actually Could, in line.
0: Can you repeat that again? Because that statement is really powerful, Michael. I, I, about...
1: Which one? <laughs> about serendipity? <laughs>
0: Well, about what it is that we're wanting, getting closer oh, I'm sorry, to what we're wanting. Yes.
1: So, so literally serendipity is, you know, we, we look at it as oh, a coincidence or whatever. Serendipity is, is that thing that occurs that is in the exact right moment. Of occurrence in terms, of it's it's connected deeply to your thoughts or something that you uh, that an intention that you had for yourself. Like if I intend to go play a a, a uh, uh, if I've got something going on in my game, like my putting, I had it was on and then it was off for like a month, and I'm like four rounds of golf, I'm I'm struggling, uh, you know, I'm shooting a higher score up in my high average. Instead of what I know, I can shoot, and the difference for me is like four, five, six strokes. That's all it is—four, five, six strokes. For a lot of people, it's like twenty, thirty strokes. But for me, the the better player you are, the the fewer strokes and the more managing management you have to do. So I'll look at it this way: I I change one. I see something. I see somebody doing something, and then oh wait a minute, it sparks a thought in your head. You mm-hmm. see something. You're you're exposed to something. And it, that's, it, the timeliness of it is absolutely perfect. You don't know why, but you're grateful for it. And you go try it, and it works. And as I was saying, is that away from golf and just in, in life in general, you can have these, you have these serendipitous moments. You're thinking something. You're wanting something in life, right? And you, you come across somebody who's involved in exactly what you want. You're thinking, oh, gosh, what a coincidence. No. <laughs> it's your guide literally helping you, putting you together mm-hmm. in a moment with helping you get what you want, bringing you closer to that which you are wanting. That's right. what it is. You know, that, right. is, that is what it is. And that's exactly, that's exactly what goes on, right? right? So I look at those, uh, those moments and they are, they are amazing. They are amazing mm-hmm. when they happen. You know, they're absolutely spectacular, and um, and I see them that way because that's the way I think. You know, you, you get to the point where, um, you know, if if I'm wanting one, I'm wanting an, an excellent score on on the golf course, and I see somebody doing something, and it it sparks me to to sort of examine my own. Uh, Style of what I'm of, of swing of, of putting stroke or whatever, and I all I had to do is something very simple. I saw somebody crouched over a little bit, and I said, "Have I been standing up too too much too too upright? Maybe that's the reason why I'm not seeing the line on the putter." And, then I, and I crouched down on the next round, and I shot five strokes better. I was putting things in from everywhere. I was like, "Wow!" And then I did it the <laughs> next time, and then it the next time, you know, and. And yeah. I'm making I'm making putts that I couldn't even thought to have made two weeks earlier.
0: You know, that's it's just that. Michael.
1: Yeah, it's just like yes. that's the way it is, and it is, I, see, I see life like that too. So we can yeah. we can do that.
0: Yeah. Well, yesterday when we walked into that restaurant, and that gentleman had was a vibrational match for you with his smile and his warmth, and and you know, just his this simple words that he he spoke you know we could have chosen not to interact and been be like oh, okay thank you
1: <laughs> and but why ended you? It.
0: but, but <laughs> there was something right there was something there that was like pay attention to this i don't know what it was and and is it the sound healing is it to connect with him uh, as a person I don't know what it is, um, and I. But I'm just going to let it be, whatever, however sure. things organically unfold. Now, it was interesting because he got when he was leaving. Um, I, you know, turned to say goodbye to him, and he says, I said, "I said, what was it that you were eating?" He said, "Well, I'm vegan." He went into the different things, and then he shared how he had been a, a teacher at a performing arts school, and now was doing sound healing. And I thought. How interesting, and I, he gave me his card, and I gave him a card as well, and who knows, it's, it doesn't have to, it's, <laughs> it just is a meeting in time, so if I look at his website, is there something that sparks the next doorway, and things, I think, start to show up like that, it's like, okay, Well, pay attention to this, and it's sort of like those stop signs if you've ever been on a street where there's a lot of stop signs, and sometimes even your intuition, Michael, you have shared this before. You may come to a light, and the light says green, but guess what? You're paying attention to your own inner guidance, and your inner guidance is saying, no, wait a couple of seconds, and somebody plows through the light, um, the, you know, the go through the red light and would have caused an accident. So you're, you're constantly calibrating. And I think that as we start to do it, you don't, you not like you're consciously, like with a notebook, okay, well, let me pay attention to this and, okay, this and this and this. No, you're, you're tracking it. And, uh, One of the things that the collector said that was really powerful was, like, every 17 seconds. And I thought it was interesting they quantified it. But everything, 17 seconds, we're sending things out. Things are coming back. 17 seconds. So how are we using that 17 seconds? And I thought, wow, that's, like, amazing. But how many thoughts, like, when we pull back and go, oh, well, I remember that from before, and it pulls up a memory where maybe it wasn't a pleasant memory, but how do you pivot on that and how do you shift so that you're bringing in more quality uh and more quantity of what you you want to bring in. Um Wayne Dyer, the author who wrote The Power of Intention, spoke on one of uh, his lectures, and he talked about the ocean being so vast. And he said, you know, if we would go to the ocean and we would take a dump truck and we'd fill it with water and we'd drive it away. And we, you know, all day, that's what we did. We were pulling oceans of dump trucks of ocean out of the the ocean. It would still be vast. And he said, abundance is like that. He said, but there's people who will go to that same ocean with an eyedropper and they'll just take a little bit out, you know, and how many trips back and forth. So it's in perception and how, we want to manifest things into our lives. And, and I think that you and I, we're thirsty for that knowledge. We want our dump trucks to be filled as often and uh, as possible. And I would encourage everybody to, you know, maybe we, we put two dump trucks together and we're, <laughs> we do it even bigger. I mean, there are no limits. It's endless, infinite possibilities.
1: That is and, true. Uh, it's so true. You know, we were we were also talking about, um, you know, manifesting what you want in your life uh, is is a, a, a big topic. Um, a lot of tracks involved. Um, repet- uh, repetitiveness, uh, as we were talking about with with regard to thought, making sure that your um, your your subconscious grid isn't all credited up with uh, with conflicting thoughts and doubts Uh, and other negative emotions that can prevent uh, you from actually uh, being guided to that which you're wanting. Um, And, I mean, I'm constantly thinking about uh, how I can, how what I'm doing, what I'm focusing on, what I'm thinking in that moment is impacting my grid. And I've come to a conclusion... I uh, came to this conclusion, actually, it, before I even knew about uh, Carol and the teachers and the subconscious grid the way that I understand it now, that uh, we have to pivot from negative thoughts as quickly as possible. Negative mm-hmm. thoughts and, and, and emotions, negative emotions and the depth of those negative emotions. We have to, it's okay to to think a negative thought, that's human. That's being human, that's us, this is the reality we live in, however... Our how much energy are we dedicating to that thought? how much emotion and feeling are we dedicating dedicating to that negative thought? That is the question we want to answer and mm-hmm. make sure that we're we're not dedicating huge because you can see something it'll still end up on your grid, but it won't have the impact. It can be overpowered by something positive um it's the, I think it was, uh, I've written a couple of books on self-talk, but there's another author, uh, Louise Hay wrote a book about self-talk and some other people.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you can and, heal you know, your life, right?
1: Right. You're right. And, and, um, your conversation, words have such incredible power. Uh, we've talked about the bubble, you know, how, what we, what we think and what we say, uh, goes into a bubble and goes out into the, you know, into the universe, all right, into the various dimensions, and it never really goes away. It begins to manifest what we think mm-hmm. about ourselves, what we think about life, what we think about our life, uh, what we think about other people. These things, these things go out, and they 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 go into the quantum field, and they they are there. They continue to manifest. They continue to grow, and so for me, it was it 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 was a function of. Okay, now that I understand this whole concept, how can I be putting good stuff out? More good than bad, which is really the thing. More positive than negative. How can I be more positive than negative? Because I have thoughts, too, that aren't necessarily super positive sometimes about things. I just
0: make sure That's that I, natural. And, yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I don't I time... know anybody. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah, right. yeah. So it's, there's a, it's, a, it's a panacea to think that you're always going to be positive. Even the person, put it this way, the person who's always positive, I'm a little skeptical. <laughs> and they're right. telling me, you know, yeah, you can be positive just like me. I'm, I am positive all the time. No, you're not. <laughs> you're not positive right. all the time. You, you're humans, which means that you have to deal with life. You know, you can be positive, but the question I ask him is, okay, uh, do you still have both your parents? Uh, yes or no. If they have one parent and not the other, I, I ask them, uh, how have you processed that and still been, and mm-hmm. still been happy? You know, I, what do you think about that today? You know, where are you with that today? Because we all have moments in our lives that are pivotal where we right. lose somebody close to us, where we, um, we, we, we have things that just don't go our way because that's just life for one reason or another maybe because that isn't what you really want it just happens to be what you think you want but it's not really what you want because you keep mm-hmm. you know telling yourself you want the other thing but this thing will do for the moment and so when when it kind of falls apart do you beat yourself up about it or do you go oh now I have time for the thing I really want you know what i mean it's, right. there's there's we are all human so we all have to deal with things so it's not a function of Eliminating negativity altogether, a negative thought, that's not going to happen. It's not a practical uh, thing to even, it's not a practical goal. It's not a practical mission. What you want to do is make sure that the negativity is is minimal in terms of emotional investment and that you pivot away from it as quickly as possible. As uh, the teachers would say, um, I'll step outside and count the trees, on uh, count the branches on the, on the pine tree. Right. Do something right you know i look at my watch and go gosh you know i really do like this watch i like the way the numbers are big i like the yep. orange band because orange is my favorite color and mm-hmm. i like the way that the hands glow in the dark and i like the way that you know it's like you you whatever thought you had whatever emotional reaction you had to something that really had nothing to do with you because it was it, it was an indirect event um not to anything that happens to you personally, and you you have a greater capacity to move to positive much more quickly. And right. I I submit, I submit, Lisa, that that ninety, I, I would put a, as high as ninety eight percent of what happened, what you're exposed to on a daily basis, has nothing to do with you. It's just something you witness or you're exposed to. It has to do with the- right. right. I believe that too. I do. Yeah, that, that said, why is so much energy, emotional or otherwise, thought energy, emotional energy, being dedicated to things outside of us that have no real impact on our happiness other than what we say it does?
0: I believe it's a distraction. I think it's you go. distracting us from who we are in our own and owning our own power and what we spoke about last week about sovereignty is keeping you away from being your own sovereign being and you know michael when you you were speaking i i couldn't help but think because when you were saying about is shifting like being distracted and and it's really the space between the thoughts and in the hawaiian healing they believe that all healing occurred between the crest and the fall of the wave, And it's that sort of that zero point. And so I think that when you, you pivot or you distract yourself, you're like, you have a a thought that is the opposite of positive. And instead of going to B thought that is also the opposite of positive, you find that zero point where you can go, wow, Oh my gosh, did you see that cloud? That cloud looks like that looks like a whale. And and you know, then you you look around and you're like, oh, but wait, that that one looks like a snowman, or this looks like a dog, or whatever. And geez, I, I can't believe how blue the sky is today. It's beautiful. It really is great to see the sunshine. And soon you forget what was those. What were those thoughts about? Or you can't really find the point of connection or the emotional tie that goes along with it. And I do believe that we people on watch the news. It's about distraction. It's about that programming. It's why they call it a programming. And you, <laughs> you need to really uh, you know, disconnect from that and, and go back and say, well, that's what I'm being fed. And this is what I, this is my belief. And I, I have to just share this with you because I was completely laughing. I, I live in the Northeast, so it's cold. And, uh, and it was August and I started hearing, this is going to be a really bad winter this is going to be a really bad winter. Farmer's Almanac said, we're in for it. You know, this is going to be a really bad winter. <laughs> I'm like, no, I, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm looking for the woolly caterpillars because I, I, I know that when I see a lot of them, it's always going to be a mild winter. So I was, I was, uh ran into somebody the other day and I, he happens to work outside and I said, Oh, I'm, I'm, I guess you're you're gearing up for winter now. He's like, oh well, no, it's not going to be a bad winter. I just watched it on the news. We're going to get an El Nino. It's totally not going to be a bad winter. <laughs> and yeah, I thought, true. wow, fantastic. We just shifted that consciousness, that belief, and here it's going over the airways, so the more people can tune in to the programming. I don't. I'm happy if it's less snow for me to shovel. I, I I'm grateful because that's I'm just like. No, I wasn't going to anchor into that and mm, and I, wouldn't do I, it.
1: I have to simply tell you that that I did a whole show about this on my Life Moves podcast yesterday about this this idea uh about you know how to be happy and the whole concept of of uh what it takes to mitigate the things that that um uh, that keep you from being happy, and thought viruses are one of them. So the news mm-hmm. is constantly putting out thought viruses, constantly telling you that it's going to be this way or it's going to be that way. You know, watch out. It's going to be a big, down here where I live, it's going to be a big hurricane season. There's going to be 26 named storms, Noah says, and, and uh, five of them will be horrific, you know. So what was it? It was one that was really bad. Maybe two. That one was really bad, and one that was sort of, you know, so-so. Um, it's. It, I gave this example of me standing on the first tee of of, of a uh, round of golf and playing with somebody that I haven't played with before, and they and they talk about how windy it is and how the wind is really going to impact our game today. You know, and that's only if I say so. I've played under windy conditions. 20 miles, 30 miles, and played really well, right? The, mm-hmm. the issue is if I, if, I, uh, if I decide to believe what I just heard, because that's my choice, I can believe what right. I just heard, uh, I, it will impact my thinking from that point on. I will sure. be fighting against something that may not be a problem, but I've made it one, mm-hmm. right? So snow coming down, you know, you always have a choice choice about whether or not to believe what you hear or not. Is it going to be a, a terrible day for whatever? Here's what I think. Yesterday, it was it was windy and it was cold, right? It was windy and cold here. It was only going to be a couple days of windy, cold here. Uh, north front, uh, you know, the the front that came through and iced you guys up, it, it reached all the way down here, and you mm-hmm. know, for us, it was it was uh, windy and chilly. Fine. Did it stop me from doing anything? not really, that I, it's not, I'm i not going to sit outside because it's not sunny, it's not great weather, but I'll find it gives me an opportunity to do something fun inside, right? Instead of going out on the patio and right. hanging out, I'm not going to burn a fire. It's too windy. It might be cool enough, but not, but, but too windy to do it. So, you know, we'll be inside. Let's watch a movie, watch the great movie on TV that had an awesome ending. Um, so there's, there's always, we can say, I think you said it best, um, and this is a, this is a great response to a thought virus. Wow, that's interesting. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just thought about this. You said this before when we were talking. I'll set the stage here for our listeners, but we were we you were telling me about a response that you have to things which I think is absolutely brilliant. I had never thought about it before and now it's my, my it's gonna be my next new favorite thing. <laughs> <laughs> because it is so absolutely brilliant and simple. Simple. It's kinda of like it's kinda of like up to now. Like I use up to now and that was the example I gave you to to pivot. But I've always said it's not. It, it's 98% of what happens happens outside of us. If we don't want to make an emotional investment in it, um, and you, you you always have the choice of, of sending positive light and love and energy to um, other people's misfortune, um, which is happening for a reason that you still are never going to understand. And that's the one thing that I always remember. Uh, that car accident, as tragic as it was, uh, is it happened for reasons that we are never going to understand and know so why not just send them love and light and wish them well wish if they if they passed on wish their soul well uh in terms of ascension um and 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 keep going and say wow wow isn't that interesting wow isn't that interesting mm-hmm. that, that happened at that time in that place wow okay it doesn't it, it it's it's a it's a ideal um uh, three words Wow, that's interesting. Three words that literally define defined detached involvement. That is, that is a phrase that is right in line with detached involvement, something I talked about in my book that I've been practicing for years. Detached involvement, not investing huge amounts of negative emotions and feelings and thoughts into things mm-hmm. that are not directly happening to you things that don't that otherwise would not impact your happiness but you're making them do that by the way that you're by the investment that you're making in them and uh instead of sending saying wow that's interesting yeah yeah guy hits a bad ball off the tee right in front of me instead of thinking wow why did he do that i hope i don't do that that's not what you want to say no 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 you're right Sorry. you want to say wow that's interesting <laughs> Whoa, <laughs> whoa, <laughs> you're going to have to deal with that, pal. I'll stand up there and I'll be in my own head and I'll do my own thing, right? Mm-hmm. Other people's misfortune is other people's misfortune. For a reason, you will never be able to understand. That's the one point I always like to get across to people. You're never going to – you don't know why someone got sick. You don't know why they got COVID. You don't know why they passed away. You don't know why they did where they did it, when they did it. You know, the um, uh, this past week, um uh the the, the the gentleman who was who was on friends passed away at fifty four years of age.
0: Yeah, Matthew Perry, um, sure.
1: Matthew Perry. And so the 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 whole world is mourning for his loss, which is not a problem unless you're allowing it to interrupt your your day to day happiness. Then it becomes a problem. You know, I, I would say uh, uh it was Doreen Virtue that simply said when you pass every hospital, um the best thing that you can do, wasn't her, it was somebody else who said this. Another uh, a gal, 40 years ago I had a reading from this gal, and she said, the best thing you can do when you pass a hospital, please, when you pass a hospital, is to uh, wish the souls, just look at the hospital and just simply, briefly in your mind, wish those souls uh, a wonderful passing, a wonderful ascension. That's mm-hmm. basically, you know, for all the Poles, souls, yeah. gone, oh, wish, wish them well, wish yeah. them a, a wonderful uh, ascension into the light, a safe, uh, a quick ascension into the light, basically is what she said. Mm-hmm. You know,
0: love, yes, send them love. love. Yeah, and mm-hmm. so... Quantity, like, quantity, quantity. Yeah, quality, quality quantity, Yeah, yeah the yeah, quality. So. You know, it's not quantity versus quality. Quality. It's quality. It's, it's quality. It's it's the quantity of quality. I
1: think. <laughs> I like it. Don't just, just say that or... five times. Yeah, but it
0: is. It is. <laughs> it's it's the the love and the trust that you put in the process, um, just being and just saying, okay, this is this is what I can do. I I've got this really powerful heart that sends this amazing field out, and and I'm just going to find something to love on. And I'm loving on this conversation, Michael, and and I'm going to let you you know close out the show. But it is just. It is I mean love, love love, happy, 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 joy, 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 love, and more love to you, so if you I'm want to feel so better
1: this is the this is the one thing I say you instantaneously feel better um, you can you can say the word uh Joy, you can say, I am, I am is really awesome, I like this. Uh, I am joy, I am love, I am love, I am love, and you can say that as many times as necessary until the thought in your mind, the, the, the thoughts pivot to that so that the the, the negative disappears, what you're thinking about. I am love, I am love, I am love. You can say that over and over and over uh, again. Uh, and it's, 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 it's quality. Understand that everything you you, you you think about, what you focus on, what you dedicate energy to ends up on your grid and it's thought energy that is ends up an emotional energy and ends up on your grid. Uh, we want to have a clean grid. You want to, mm-hmm. you don't want a screen. that's all mucked up with a bunch of stuff so nothing can get through it. So, um, it's thinking positive, pivot to positive. Every time you think a negative thought, pivot to positive, find a way to make that perception positive, make the thought, uh, positive, pivot away from it, focus on something else, anything else, anything minuscule, um, you know, look at, look at a painting and, and examine it that the, that's in your office or den or, or room. Look, go look at the painting, look at this, look at the brushstrokes, look at which way they go, look at the colors, um, tell yourself what you like about it and, and look at its beauty and, 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 think about it in a loving way. It's in your, it's in your, uh, existence there in your, in your place. So it's there for a reason because you love it. So mm-hmm. go do that. We'll have another show that's on fair. that too, expand upon that idea but thank
0: you, so, thank you so grateful so grateful and thank you to you all, all of you who who tune in from the uk ireland grenadine where else michael all over
1: uh, um, my gosh yes um uh, i think did you have do we have somebody from from uh lebanon who's who's listening i think we, we did if not yeah. we will
0: um and uh eastern europe yeah thank you right. all for for tuning in it's just it's a blessing yeah. And uh, they, they know, pop, loving they on pop. you and, and sending it right from our hearts to yours. And thank you for tuning in on Connect to Love. And, Michael, thank you. <laughs> so PRNF grateful. You're in as well. Thank you. Thank you.